when people say like, why are we here? It's like, I don't know, but maybe it's just to think about that together and, and, and explore it together and, and try and figure it out together. And maybe we never will, but it feels much better to me than to say, well, we just know. And like, we just know the answer to that math problem. We just know the answer to why this book was written in this way. And, and so here's this essay that explains it. I, I feel like we're just slowly but surely wired away from being curious and into having answers. This is the As It Should Be podcast, and I'm your host, Tamara Jones. Join me as I speak to the people remaking the world as it should be. We discuss the role of inclusion, equity, and belonging in facing the challenges shaping our society today. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of As It Should Be. What would the world look like if all of us from the time we were toddlers were encouraged to explore our curiosity, wonder about the things and the people in the world? What would happen if we were all genuinely interested in wondering about each other and our stories? Today's guest believes we grew up with too much, you can't change everything, and not enough, we can change anything. Today, we meet Avi Nanjia. Avi is the executive director of Better World Ed, a 501c3 nonprofit on a mission to humanize learning. To make the practices of empathy, curiosity, critical thinking, mindful observation, and compassion a daily, captivating experience that starts super early in life. In this episode, Abby and I go on our own journey of exploration and curiosity about each other, how we see and don't see each other in our communities, and whether curiosity could be a path to equity. Just a quick trigger warning, later in this episode, experiences with bullying are described. Without further ado, join me in welcoming Abby to the show. Welcome to As It Should Be, Abby. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Tamara. I'm excited for this conversation. It's actually going to be probably different from um any anything else that I've really had or anybody else I've really had on the show or any other conversations I've had so I'm excited um and I so I've gotten to know you a bit over the last month and your work but I would love for you to do a quick intro of who you are and your business what do you do yeah so I'm I'm part of Better World Ed we're an organization that makes stories all over the world about really fascinating people in really different places, from different ways of life, different backgrounds, different everything. And and the idea of the stories is to help us really understand our differences and how similar we are as people. And to kind of get this sense of Ubuntu, this idea of we, we are all so deeply interconnected. And as we really dive in to learn about who people are, we see that. And, and I, I believe everyone sees that no matter what our views are, no matter how we see the world, as we really start to understand people across different worlds and ways of life, we see that at the end of the day, we're all human. Uh, and, and 
I think that's a huge, really powerful way for us to work towards equity and justice in our world. One of the things that stands out about your company and the way that you guys do do kind of achieve that mission is the content that you produce. So can you talk a little bit about like the type of videos you guys create and and then I'll probably get into why afterwards. Cool. Yeah. We make wordless videos. So the idea is that just like in life, when we walk down the street, there's no voiceover telling us who people are. There's no narrator in our heads. that's like that person on the other side of the street uh, comes from this background and does this thing. And and like, this is what this person's thinking about. None of that's there. I mean, we're either assuming or we go ask. And the reality is most of us aren't taught to ask. We're taught to answer. And life for us as we grow up is finding answer. You always have to have the answer. I mean, what is math class without having the answer? So for us, it's when you have a wordless video, it, it almost, it encourages and to some extent forces us to have those questions and to get into that practice of really wondering who somebody is. So the videos are wordless. And then we pair those with stories, written stories that help you dive into who is this person. It's like if you decide to ask, who is that person? Then here's some stories to read more from that person's perspective. And the, the stories that you're, the stories that you're creating and the videos that you're making, those are a part of a curriculum that you're giving to schools or is it, how, what, how are you using the content? Anybody can use it. Uh, you and I can use it. I use it all the time. I, I, I learn about the people in our stories all the time. For the people who I didn't get to meet and people I did, I read our stories. And I, and I I do the math, but the 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 target is to work with young people from the age of any age. Uh, but I'm being vague intentionally. Uh, we intend for this to be used by everybody. And and one of the biggest challenges that we face in education is adults often have been taught as we grow up to have answers too. And so we're we're giving kids this information as if we've already practiced it our whole lives, but we haven't either. So how do we all build the practice of working with kids to, to learn together about different people? So it's K through 12, target audience, and intentionally vague, we want to reach everybody. One of the things that you said that really hit me was the fact that we're all kind of taught to have the answers. And yeah, we, we kind of are. And for me, um, that has kind of turned into you start to, like, it starts to affect your ability, like the way that you think about yourself when you don't feel like you have the answers in in, in certain situations, um, mm. like just not even. So I, I, for me, it didn't, it's not, I'm not even thinking about work at this point. I'm thinking about like just walking around in life. Like if someone has a challenge, if they're experiencing a challenge and you love that person, you want to, you want to fix it, right? You want to have, you, you want to figure out what you can do to help them get to what's next. Mm. what's beyond that challenge. And when you don't have that answer, it kind of feels like, I don't know, sometimes I, sometimes it kind of, it, it can kind of feel like, wow, I don't, um, I don't really have, a, I don't really serve a purpose here. Yeah. I, I hear that. And I, ooh, I, I, I do that all the time and I strive to just listen and just be there or be present. And it's hard. And, and it's a goal to strive to listen and to strive to just be present and hear somebody, but it's not always easy, especially when you really care about people and you really want to be part of fixing it <laughs> to, to not, yeah, to just listen and to have questions. 
And I feel like that ties into so many things. I mean, we've had a hard time fundraising because I have more questions than answers. And people want to fix stuff and they want to make stuff work. And, that, and I'm like, well, we don't have that answer yet. I mean, this money will help us go, go explore that. But I can't even promise you we'll have the answer after. I mean, I have more questions for the rest of my life than I will answer. And if that's scary, I understand. But that's the whole point of our curriculum. So people who want to kind of support you or fund you, is it that they don't understand what it is that you do? Or is it that they don't understand what's next for your business? Why is it such a challenge for them to, to support you? I feel like that's, there's, there's multiple layers. I, I, I mean, I think one of, the, one of the fascinating things is um, often people who are funding this, this kind of work can be benefiting from a system in which we don't have an entire species of humans growing up having these questions and wondering how we can change the way the system works. I mean, to some extent, the, the power structures that exist for philanthropy to happen and for a, lot of, for a lot of the way our system works right now to exist requires a lot of people to just go through life kind of doing without wondering and thinking and asking questions. And, and I don't think it has to be that way. And I think we can still have people thriving while, while wondering and while wondering about each other. But I think there's a challenge when we, we have a kind of, in some ways, a radical idea here, which feels so simple, but not everybody's super thrilled about just focusing on how do we build that baseline, base level of empathy and understanding and desire to, to learn about each other and, and ourselves. And we don't have the, and this is going to get this person this job. We don't have the outcome that's like, that's like, um, what, what, I don't know what, what people want to fund, I guess, but we have the outcome of, you're going to have some really really curious kids who really wonder about themselves, each other, our world in, in a way that we've never really seen. I mean, we'll hear kids say things like, you know, after watching that one video, I can't walk by a food truck owner without wondering about who that person is. Anymore. I, I, it doesn't happen. And, and I think that's the power of this kind of content is it, it changes the wiring in our minds and in our hearts. That's a different kind of learning, though. That's a very different kind of way to experience the world, because I, I can I can say for myself, at least like I I don't walk around, at least I, sh I should say before I met you, I didn't walk around wondering about the story of others who who were walking past me on the street or just even one of the things that I've that I've gotten into uh, thinking lately is. I wonder what are all of the things that have had to, that had had to happen in order for me and this person to be in the same place at the same time. Ooh. You know like yeah. like what are all the things that would have had to that would have had to like happen in sequential order in order for me and another person to be at the same place at the same time whether or not we're interacting with each other it's like it's for like, for me, the immediate, the first thought that comes to head that comes to my mind is an airplane. Like imagine how 300 people when airplanes were full would all end up in the same place, go going towards the same destination at the same time. Like what are all the things that would have had to happen in the world in order for that to even be a thing? And then what, what happens next? Like we're all going to leave each other once we reach our destination, but our lives are going to grow, expand, change in such drastic ways that it's like, how, 
I don't know what, <laughs> I, I don't have a point to this story and I don't have an answer. And I think that might be the point, but that's definitely something that's been on my mind lately. Yeah, absolutely. That's fascinating. I, I feel like the thing I find myself wondering in that moment is, and what is, what are the other 299 people's stories? And, mm-hmm. and why is it that this person next to me is being kind to the person serving a drink or not. Why? I mean, what I feel like so often in life, we just jump to the judgment. We jump to that person's not being kind and that's bad. And for me, I, I don't know why. Uh, I, I guess I've traveled around a lot alone. And so over time, I've just been wondering. I, I used to walk to school growing up and would in high school and would wonder the whole time as I'd walk by people or cars or see people doing things on the street, like walking around and just hanging out. I'd wonder well, what's going on. And I feel like just it's been a part of my life to, to just wonder and, and wander around wondering. And I, I feel like on that plane, I'm sitting there thinking, why is that not being kind? What happened in the same way you're sharing this kind of like what happened for us to be here? Yeah. I start to wonder what happened for this person to, to say that? Mm. What happened in this person's life between zero years old and now for this moment to happen where a person thinks it's just kind of life to be unkind to the person serving you a drink on a plane? And and I think it opens up an opportunity then for us to actually have meaningful conversation. I don't always do so, but it gives us the chance to to wonder why that person might have acted in that way. And it, instead of judging and then almost reprimanding that person for it, or in school, reprimanding that student for it. We get the chance to say, but what's the structure? Like, how did this happen? I mean, how do we, how do we work on that? Not you, you're not the problem here. It's, it's like, what happened in life to make this situation happen? And, and what do we do about that? I mean, have you been watching enough content in your life? That's just like people being unkind to, to wait staff at a restaurant? Or what? Like, what's what's going on here? And I, I feel like it gives us that opportunity to say, let's be curious uh, about each other. And, and that's a path towards equity. Why do you think that we aren't really curious about others? I think we're, we're we are taught to kill that part of our our mind and heart as we grow up. I, I mean, in what way? I can't think of a part of school unless we're talking about like wildly progressive schools. And even then I've seen this um, where we aren't encouraging and valuing and rewarding answers and having a problem with questions. I had questions in school. It, it didn't always lead to the best conversation. It was like, this is the kid who just always has questions. And for me, I think that's learning. I mean, I, I don't know what else is learning other than having questions, valuing questions and exploring them with other people. I, I feel like that is the exact purpose of when people say like, why are we here? It's like, I don't know, but maybe it's just to think about that together and, and, and explore it together and, and try and figure it out together. And maybe we never will, but it feels much better to me than to say, well, we just know. And like, we just know the answer to that math problem. We just know the answer to why this book was written in this way. And, and so here's this essay that explains it. I, I feel like we're just slowly but surely wired away from 
being curious and into having answers. Just like that story of the frog that like the, the two frogs, what's the thing where the, it, they're like swimming in the milk and the one frog kept swimming. I, 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 I don't remember the story well, but the one frog kept swimming and the other one gave up and drowned. But the frog that kept swimming in the milk turned it into butter and jumped out. It didn't like move and stuff. And and so it's this idea that like I'm telling the wrong story actually. It's the one where we slowly turn the temper. That's the other one. That's about like, <laughs> yeah. the the story that I'm I meant to say, which is also related to frogs in a in a water thing, is the frog in the pot where you turn the heat up slowly but surely. So the frog never notices that it's boiling, but it is. And I feel like that's the same thing that we do with curiosity in humans. It's like slowly but surely we wind down the questions and wire us to find answers. And then that's how we end up as adults, just kind of like dull, boring people. Oh, my gosh. It, but OK, so with so with the idea of wondering, I, I feel like I feel like the only time that we're ever kind of asked or expected to. And this is and this is weird because it's like if. I'm I'm never I'm never taught or expected to care about other people's experiences, their thoughts, their opinions um, or why they are the way that they are until we get to topics that are like really polarizing. Because at that point, so like politics, for example, is one of the places where we're like condemned Again, like everybody's everybody's kind of like against each other, right? We have like this very clear two party system, and 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 you gotta like you gotta pick a side, and then once you pick a side, right? Yeah. Once you pick a side, then um, then everybody around you is like there's there are two things kind of happening. One one side around you is is putting you in that us and them mindset, and then the other side is telling you that you need to get away from the us and them mindset and understand what you know, what, what brings us together. And, and, and so, and so now they're telling, now it's like, oh, you're being kind of conditioned to want to, to expect, like to be expected to want to wonder about another person and what similarities you guys might have that'll bring you, you know, closer to an understanding. But the rest of my existence, the way that you just kind of explained is really, is really putting me in a place where I don't have that ability. There's nothing else in my life that's conditioning me to want to think about other people's experiences. So why? I mean, it's not really a question of why, but how would you expect that in in situations where everybody's kind of already decided, I've already decided what I think about this um, now, now, now that I've decided what I think about it, now that everybody like has picked their side and has decided what they think about it in the most polarizing situation, that is the only time where we're going to ask you to think about other people and think about their experiences. That leads us to a really ineffective life. Yeah, it, it feels like so when you asked earlier, why do we focus or rather, who do we focus on? And I said, everybody. I mean, the main reason we focus on kids is because kids have not yet been fully wired into this polarizing world. Um, there is still a chance for everyone. And I think the greatest chance lies in young people who often even resist that polarizing way and over time are still 
conditioned into it more and more as the pressures grow. If we were able to provide young people and their educators and us as adults and parents all over the world with content, but primarily young people, with content that encourages, naturally encourages that curiosity so that it's not just about, and our content isn't about polarizing stuff only or even mostly. It's like, why does Gunny, the rice grower in rural India, want to keep X amount of mangoes on his farm? And it's because his daughter really likes mangoes. So let's do the math for him about that, that he already did. He doesn't need the math help, but let's practice math that way in a, in a meaningful way that feels relevant and is really important to someone's life. But not because it has to do with some specific social change or justice focused topic. It's just like we can be curious about people as people. And if we did that from the time we were three or two or one, we would and and were encouraged to keep doing it because we do do that at one, two, three, four, five. If we were encouraged to keep doing it our whole lives with content designed for that, I bet and wonder what the world would look like will be much more of that curiosity and much more of that wondering about each other. And I mean, I don't think we'd have those polarizing topics really. So when we talk about like, why is it only about polarizing stuff? I'm just trying to pick up our dog. Um, so he can come on camera. But the why, why, when we talk about why is it that often we are asked to build empathy and understanding around polarizing topics. My feeling is, well, if we grew up with, with encouraging that kind of curiosity from a really young age and kept going with it, we'd never hit a point where we had these polarizing things to talk about because we'd have people who were taught to understand each other and strive for that understanding their whole life. So by the time you're 20 and you're voting, we all can see each other's perspective and see each other as more than just voted for blah or looks like this, and instead see the deeper humanness that makes us all people. So you right now, as adults, we're like looking at tips of iceberg. We're like, every human is just like the tip of an iceberg. And, and I feel like if we were taught that from a young age, that we are much more than that tip of an iceberg, but like look at people's whole iceberg as you grow up, we would wonder why is it that that person in Congress feels that way? And what school did that person go to? And how do we build that kind of curiosity and understanding at that kind of school? And then how do we have a world in which this never happens again, where we're, we're dealing with things where we feel like we have to have all these things to fight about? If we could just understand each other the whole time, I'm ready to talk to anybody about how that would change everything, not just something, but everything. If we understood the reasons that human actions impact the planet from a young age, we wouldn't have these conversations about climate change because everyone would be working together on it. Not from a place of let's argue, but from a place of let's understand how we can be good people together. How do you get, how do you become Abby? Um, that's a vague, really vague question, but I think that I don't have the mindset that you have, right? You've, you've kind of, you've kind of built a life around wondering and, you know, prior to you existing and your curriculum existing and the kids being exposed to what 
you're exposing them to, what you and your team are exposing them to. I don't see how we would have gotten here, but you did. So I'm wondering, like, I guess I'm wondering what happened in your life that got you to a place where this is your mindset already. So I guess the first part is I've gone through a lot of conditioning too. And I'm not always like, and I'm not always this hopeful in this kind of world. Uh, I think the reasons in the, that I feel the way I do about what a world full of this kind of wonder and curiosity, like often we talk about curiosity as kind of like a buzzword, like let's get kids to be curious or let's get kids to wonder. And I don't like any of that. I, for me, it's like a type of curiosity and a type of wonder. And it feels like a deep one, like an intrinsic wonder, not like let's do it for this lesson, but like I really wonder why that person is the way that that person is. And I feel like for me, that has happened because I've seen over time in different experiences, what happens when we don't wonder. And I've also seen over time what happens when I don't wonder. I was in high school, I wanted to see change happen in the world. And I had great teachers who helped me see that that doesn't happen by just like telling people how change will happen. And and it took a while for that to click. And it's always going to still be clicking now. Uh, but the, the biggest thing for me was seeing the value in having that kind of deep curiosity and wonder about other people and other people's perspectives. And I feel like that a lot of that came from me having experiences with people that are very different from me. People who bullied me, people who treated me really well, people who didn't like the way I looked, didn't like the way my name sounded, didn't like the food I ate, and then people who did. And for me to start to wonder why and to have teachers and people in my life. So as a practical thing, having adults in your life who ask you to think about it gets you under. And if you have that throughout, I mean, I think if teachers, good teachers, I had great teachers and great professors growing up and great parents, and great family. And if you have people that ask those questions and encourage it, and even if they don't always want you to keep asking them, don't fully stop. I mean, people are tired of my question. But if you have people in your life who show you that that's valuable from a young age and enough the rest of the time, it's addicting. And so I think as humans, we have an opportunity as adult humans, we have an opportunity to help young people see there's value in that. And simply sharing that, I believe could be enough for more people to grow up having those questions about other people. To just reinforce with a kid who's like, why does that matter? It's like going to make your life so much more interesting. If you're walking down the street and you see somebody play the game. I do this all the time. You're walking down the street in New York and you just you do it. You just wonder. I wonder what, what that person does. I wonder why they're here. I wonder like why they made that decision on that thing that the person just bought. And for me, I mean, I, I am a strange person. I'll ask, I'll, like, what led you to buy that one? And before I buy like a thing at a new restaurant. And those kinds of things just make life more fun. So I think if we start with a young person and say, it's kind of, it's great. Like, it's not only just okay. It's great to live that way. And don't let anybody stop you. You'll see a lot of kids living like that. Instinctively, that game, and I've seen, I've seen me do it. I've seen other people do it. I've seen movies do it where 
they'll like play that game, right? They'll start to wonder about people, but then they'll begin to create a story in their own mind of. No, you can't do that part. No, yeah. You've got to actually go wonder. And that's why our videos and stories are designed this way. It's like you watch the video with no words. Don't go make the story up now. That wasn't the point. The point now is what do you wonder? And, and now up to you. You can choose to go make up a story and that's fun. Do that. For me, it's let's go find out if what I wonder or assume or my bias or my judgment Let's go validate or edit that theory I have. Mm -hmm. So I, I think this, I wonder this, we have lesson plans for this. I wonder this, I think this, let's go find out. And, and let's see if, if what I thought is accurate, like a science experiment. And then if it was accurate, fascinating. If it wasn't accurate, fascinating. Why? Why, what in my life made me think that this person might be X? And how do I now recognize that I had that judgment or bias or assumption and do something with it next time I encounter a similar situation? How do I wonder? And then how will that change my, I wonder this, I think this, let's go find out. Next time, what does that look like? Yeah. yeah. And do that for a long time, for like, you know, a lifetime. And then, by the end, we realize we'll never know until we ask. <laughs> Why is this such a, like, such a mind-boggling concept? It's so simple, right? It's like when, when people are like, and this is another reason to get back to the funding thing, if, if there are any funders out there listening. When we talk about why it's hard to raise money, somebody said this to me the other day, a friend uh, was saying, she was like... I think it's hard for you to raise money because this is such a simple concept and you just, it's that simple. It's just simple. Why aren't we doing this? And I think to some extent that's real. Uh, what we do is not complex. What we do is also not prescribed. It's not prescriptive. It is just help young people experience life in school and learn your math and learn your literacy and learn whatever you got to do for these tests that we've made up for you. But Live life in this classroom together and talk about it and experience it and wonder and become curious and become this and become that and become creative and become collaborative. Practice it and see the beauty in it so that for the rest of your life, you're out there doing it once you leave this room. But it's that simple. It's not, and it never had to be any more complex than that. We just made it so academic that it's like, I looked up the word academic the other day and it had something to do with like, not that necessary. <laughs> Let's do it. What? Hold on. Yeah, we're doing this. <laughs> the definition, not of practical relevance, of only theoretical interest, academic. So when I looked that up, I was like, yeah, that, that's what it felt like. And that's like Merriam-Webster or whoever. I, I don't know who did that. But that's when I just Googled it. That's what happened. So for me, there's this feeling of like, all right, well, that's fine. If every school in the world is going to do that, let's just bring that to life a little. Because as a kid, there's a reason that the dropout rate's so high. And it is not for all the reasons people say. Yeah. It is because kids are bored and see no value in staying in that room over another room. And so it might have to do with every other kind of structural inequity too. But I think at the core of it, 
the biggest inequity in education is we don't provide anything engaging, relevant, meaningful, usually at all, to any kid. And so how can we expect kids who have other priorities in life too, to put food on the table, to make money, to deal with the, the stress in life that happens as we grow up? How can we expect them to sit in a room and just like memorize stuff that fits the Google definition of academic when there's more relevant things to do? So why don't we bring that relevance into the classroom and sneak some math in too and make it interesting? In your life, Tamara, like what, what, um, I mean, you're a fascinating person too. Why, why, why are you the way you are? Like, what, what do you think about when you think about how did you get here? Why did you want to start a podcast like this that focuses on as it should be? I mean, what's wrong with what it is? I, and I, I don't mean that. I don't, I'm not, I'm, I'm genuinely curious about your life, which is why, like, like, how did you get here, I guess? So weird, random story. When I was in for fifth or fourth or fifth grade, I was in elementary school, right? And there was this girl who I thought was my friend. We had been, she'd been like the only person that I knew for a while. Um, and like, we were best friends. We lived in the same neighborhood. And eventually like the idea of like being cool enters the, the zeitgeist of the elementary playground. <laughs> and I am, I'm not really trying to be cool in this point in time. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to experience the world. And, you know, there's, you know, the factors at home, like my mom's a single parent. My brother's the only sibling I have, and he doesn't want to hang out with me anymore because he's in middle school. And so I'm like a lonely kid, right? At this point in time, but I have this friend and Fast forward to whatever day this is, and her and a cousin who is older than us but still wants to hang out with her, um, decides that I'm I'm not cool, <laughs> and my friend wants to you know be in that crowd, and so I don't remember how we ended up here, but she told me that like her apartment, her like she was moving into this new apartment like uh, with her mom and everything, and it was being renovated, and she wanted me to come see it with her. And so I go see it and, and, uh, they like, they eventually like take me to this place, which later I find out is actually like, after this whole thing happens, I find out that this is an abandoned apartment <laughs> and, and they have like this bucket of paint. They throw the paint on me. I fall into the tub and I'm just like devastated. My little 11, 12 year old brain is just like devastated because it's like the only person who I really you know, connected to was not really yeah. for me. She wasn't really with me. And so I think that, first of all, that was obviously a traumatizing thing because I'm 25 uh, and I still re remember it very vividly. But I think that, I think that the reason why that story was the first thing that came to my head was because the way that the world is has conditioned me to kind of be cautious and not give myself to the world at all like I don't give myself to other people at all and I don't like that <laughs> like just as a just as a practice just as a person like I don't like having to feel that way and so it's you know it's cascaded into the way that I the way that I 
you know, go through like a workplace or a school or anything like that. I'm very cautious about who I interact with. And I started to see, I started to, you know, hear the things that society tells you about just who you are. And they choose, society chooses the different identities that you belong to and they decide who you are. And I don't like that. <laughs> like, I don't like the fact that it makes me really uncomfortable to say that I am a loner. Like I'm a person who, and that's not the idea of what black women are. And so I have to actively work to condition the people around me to recognize that the idea of what one identity or two identities or whatever, like the idea of what you have in your head doesn't fit me, doesn't fit everybody. And I want you to recognize that. So I wish that we could create a world where people recognize that. And fast forward to 25, now I have a podcast <laughs> to help do that, I guess. So wow. yeah, I think that might answer your question. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Uh, I, in different ways, I can relate. Uh, I mean, growing up as I'm 30 now, and when I was a kid, I got bullied for being me. I mean, uh, for being a brown kid, for being Indian, for like, I didn't have the accent, but for having the accent that I didn't have, for eating yummy food, <laughs> like for for knowing Hindi, which is a big reason I I guess I probably at at that age stopped speaking Hindi in my own house because I got made fun of for it. And so, like, what world do we live in when things that make us dynamic, beautiful people are wired out of us as we're growing up? by all kinds of pressures to be a different way. I mean, imagine, now, now let's just imagine for a second that we had had teachers at that, at four, five, six, seven, eleven, who, when they caught wind of that, or never even had to, were teaching about, because they were teaching about people from all of these different worlds and ways of life and cultures, people who look different, people who act different, brown and black people who are different, like not just a story of Amanda Gorman, who is brilliant, but also a story of Tamara, who is brilliant. And both people hold equal weight on this platform that a teacher brings to life for kids where it's like, these people are different. Neither person's better. And then like you show a bunch of people from all over the world and you keep doing that. And it's like, we're all just people here. And it doesn't matter that this one came from that country and eats this food. It matters actually, but it doesn't matter in a negative way. It's not like a reason to make fun of the person. If anything, it's a reason to appreciate the person and wonder about the person. So for me, there's this, this feeling in me of like, if I have kids and when I have kids someday, I want to know that they're growing up in a society where they don't have to have the experience of being bullied and they don't have to have the experience of being bullied and they don't have to have the experience of being treated like not equal citizens of the planet. And so what if we could live in a world where because of the content we engaged with growing up, in school, out of school, wherever, we just felt that way. We didn't have to be told it. We didn't have to be taught it. We didn't have to be wired into it. We didn't have to be reminded of it. We just felt it. It's like, wow, that person's cool. Because at four or six or 10, we feel that way about people from different cultures and different places, eating different things and doing different things and looking different ways. 
It's just all cool to kids. It's when we're told what to think about those people that it becomes not cool. So how do we help kids see what you're seeing right now is still cool? Even if people try to tell you otherwise, that Muslim person in Indonesia that you're watching a video of right now is going to be cool no matter how many people tell you that that person's evil in your life. So remembering from a very young age, wow, I've engaged with people from all these different cultures and all these different worlds. Some people are the loner. Some people are like this. Some people identify as that. And all those people are people. Just just like take the time to learn about that person. Yeah. And I wish that that was more. I mean, I think that's the that's the point of kind of us meeting, right, is helping people recognize that it's okay and that it doesn't need to be for an end goal. You don't have to wonder for an end goal. I think that that's another thing that we might be conditioned to do is having to whether it's not about it's for me, the end goal doesn't mean like getting the answer to a question. It's more so the end goal is like, I want to learn about this because it will get me here in my life, in my career, rather than I just want to I just want to know about people. I just want to be curious about people. I think that those are two very different mindsets. And I don't think that we have the, I don't, so I, what I was about to say was, I don't know, I don't know if people have the, the luxury of, of doing that, but I also want, I also feel like I've kind of been conditioned to feel like things are luxuries that aren't necessarily luxuries or to feel like things are not available to me that I can kind of just choose to have. You know, so like um, the space to wonder, because one of the things um, the first thing that came to my mind was one of the things one of me and my now very good friends who came on the podcast um, talk about actually in her episode, I feel like is that we because we're both black women, black people in general, failing is very different for us. Having the space to fail is not really something that we both experience. And in our own private conversations, we talk about how that has contributed to our anxiety. We both have a ton of anxiety attached to our careers, our lives, um, the time that we take for ourselves. Like we have a lot of anxiety attached to it. And so I wonder if the space to wonder is kind of starting to be categorized in the same place in my mind. Like I feel like having that, having that space to be curious about other people's experiences feels like it is a luxury that I don't have. And I think it's because I, I feel like other people don't choose to do that about me. I I don't know. (laughs) I don't, I don't know the point of the sentence that I'm saying. Um, And that's kind of the beauty of it. We don't have to know. I, I mean, what you just said is kind of the point. Like, You just did it. You're wondering about something right now and wondering out loud about it right now. I do this all the time and I think everyone thinks I'm nuts, but, uh, and I'm allergic to nuts. So it makes it very, (laughs) I'm allergic to myself if you think I'm nuts, but the, the, uh, you're wondering right now. And I mean, I I don't, I don't mean to tell you this, but you are, you are wondering and it's great. And I think that is if you feel that this moment just now was a luxury, that's cool. But if you also feel like, I feel like there's a, there's a beauty to doing it that 
can be productive without us having to look at it as productive. And as you were saying, maybe it's because other people don't do it too. Uh, that's the beauty of bringing it in from a really young age. If we could get everybody doing it, maybe we won't see it as a luxury. I love this conversation. Um, we still have like four or five minutes. And in that time, I would like to know one other thing about you. And that is that you're traveling around the world a ton and you are you know, learning about other people. You're working with a team, creating this curriculum, managing an, a company. Um, how are you taking care of Abby? What does self-care look like for you? Well, I wasn't. Um, so between 2014 and COVID, I don't know, like BCA, uh, <laughs> before COVID, I, from 2014 to now, I, I was floating around the planet. Uh, I didn't have an apartment or really a base from 2014 until COVID hit. Uh, I hadn't been in the same place for more than I think it, we did the math, like three weeks for that time and never had an apartment. And I had really amazing people hosting me all over and being amazing. And um, I think the challenge was I didn't know how to take care of myself along the way. And over time, continued to learn about it because I saw the importance in it if I wasn't doing it. But it was a it was an ever evolving thing. I, it's still something I'm trying to understand. How do you build something like this on a shoestring budget all over the world without while making time for our own health? And I love what we do. And I come from a privilege that enables me to do it even without having the money to sustain. And I don't have a I ha I don't have kids yet. I'm I'm not married. So it's not like there's it's like, how do I make sure I have food? And, but even when I'm staying with other people, it's, it's hard. I, I, I don't know how to provide for anyone. I don't have any money. So it's, it's, a, it's a strange thing. It's an ever-evolving thing. Uh, but I don't know. It, it's a fascinating learning experience. And I think adds to that whole wonder. I mean, I, everywhere we go, everywhere I go, there's a lot of questions about who people are, why, why someone's hosting me. <laughs> like, it's a, yeah, it's a fascinating thing. Okay. No, that's a great answer because I feel like I'm definitely learning. I think COVID has created a situation where a lot of us are learning about ourselves and about what it takes to be fully ourselves and be fully embraced in just our own health, our own mental health, physical health, just wellness in general and being okay how do we be okay? I think that that is a question a lot of us are answering. And I'm glad that you're at least taking the time to think about it for yourself and figure out what that looks like. So, um, okay. If people want to connect with you or learn more about Better World Ed, how can they get in touch? Uh, email me. My name is Abhi, A-B-H-I at betterworlded.org or you could say hi on our website and browse around some cool videos while you do it. Or I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I don't have other social media, so LinkedIn is the way to go. 